yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm gonna keep going with this beard, but I kind of, I kind of had this weird thought, like, maybe Brina's is right. Maybe it's time to just go for it with the head. But then, you know, I we we don't see you and I, Kale. We have the same barber, and I don't, uh, I don't, I don't even know what he would say. He might be so mad at me. I don't think you need to shave the head, man. I mean, you've got like, you know, it's then, but like, you know, Justin, our barber, is good with. Um, he can work with it, you know. It's and it looks he good. He told I think. me. He told me he would tell me when it was time. Yeah, and he has told me he will tell you when it's time. Well, that's good. Okay, so then we're good. Yeah, I think you're fine. So, Kale, tell me about your relationship with the band Run the Jewels. And this is where I feel like we should inject, like, had that part from uh, what is the uh, call Tick Ticktron? Be like. Run the jewels live from the garden. Pop in. Tell me about, so, you know. So, how about, well, you've been asking lots of your questions. Why don't, why don't we start with you? You tell me, tell me about how you first heard about Run the Jewels. Well, you know, the way I first heard about Run the Jewels was, I mean, when their first album came out, everyone was hyping so hard. Everyone was like losing their minds because it was so different and unique. And to be honest, I didn't really like it at first. I, I actually, I listened to, I think, Run the Jewels 1 and 2 two, three times. And then for some reason, I don't know why, Run the Jewels 3 was the one I connected with the most. Um, but it mostly was kind of just through hearing about other people. A friend of ours, Jordan, he really liked the records and told me I would like them. But I do remember, and this is a bit of a side track, but I do remember um, when I first heard LP, uh, when I lived in Toronto, at a, I was at a party, just like, you know, a new city, I'd met these really cool people who had, like, big house parties, and literally everyone at the house party was, like, the friendliest person you'd ever met. The party, I, I remember this, they had a big bowl of weed and, like, a little cup full of, like, rollies, and then they had a keg, and it was like, help yourself. Just really nice people, you know, very generous. And, um, uh the guy put on some music and I was like, what is this music? And he's like, it's a rapper called LP. There's no one like him. And then I remember getting, I think it was his first or second record and just thinking it was so strange. So really I didn't have much of a relationship with them. Uh, probably listened to this record four times before we decided to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say like, before we get into the record, I just want to make for, for like, I really enjoy this record now. 
I used to sort of see it as a very aggressive political thing. That's kind of how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. But now I realize I was way off. Like, th- yes, there's a lot of aggression. There's a, there is a lot of political bend, bend in it. But it's, uh, it's way more than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great to hear. I, I'm glad that you feel that way because it's, um, you know, it's, it is kind of unique. Like I was playing some of it for Laura earlier and she has listened to hip hop and rap for a long time and she has not listened to a ton of it, but what she heard she did not like at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like what I, I wrote down, me. what I wrote down is like, uh, at times this album is challenging and complex and like mm-hmm. deep. But in other times, it's like goofy and hilarious. It's a very weird balance. Yeah. Like they're rapping and talking about a lot of stuff that is very real and like, and is very, um, I think what I really, well, before we dig into it too much, but I'd say the thing I really enjoy about this record in comparison to the other three is that this one feels very clear in the message and mm-hmm. what they're trying to say and having it be released. I think um, it was released the I think in December 2016, so right after Trump got elected, and it's just like a megaphone in the face of bullshit, where it's just yeah. like all this stuff that's like true, and um, I really appreciated listening to it and being like, just being like, yes, thank you, like this is like you're calling out, you know real injustice and speaking um, truth in a way that's not just political and super, you know, one second. It's, it's got humor to it. It's got nuance, mm-hmm. it's especially Killer Mike. It's like just his activist background and like the different things he's been involved with. It's really cool. And um, yeah, Killer Mike like, to me is the one who seems to talk a little bit. He talks a, quite a bit about Trump without saying Trump's name. He talks a yeah. lot about the president and and I think now that you're saying that it actually does trigger that I think the hype on this album was that it was like kind of a kind of a big like middle finger to to what was going on in America and so I think that might be why this one connected with me more as well I also just think the songs are better too on this honestly one. yeah I mean I would say so sort of getting to the um like encountering the band like i was trying to think about like i don't have a good story for how i kind of came across run the jewels i remember when the first record came out in like 2014 and like i remember the cover art was really compelling and i remember yeah. seeing a review for it and i i remember just some people i know who are into music talking about it but i was like oh run the jewels that's a cool name and then seeing the cover and it was like that black background with like the blue zombie hands doing like the fist and the gun and it was yeah. like just such a cool image i was like what's this and there were lots of free download, like get it online, and um, and I listened to it a couple times, and I like, I didn't get into it, but I was like, I liked it, and I liked some of the songs, and I liked the aggression, and like both of their their rapping is very aggressive, and like they have like quite incredible wordplay. But I remember being like, yeah, this is cool, but I didn't get like into it. But um, I remember seeing on like some year end best of lists, um, Killer Mike's solo record that LP produced. Um, before they did Run the Jewels, I think the year before, and that covers him like it's like a cartoon of him with like big head and sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called it has a funny name. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, it uh, it was one that 
was I was just like a like interesting name, and then also like I just remember reading a little blurb. I think it was like on a Pitchfork roundup, um, and it was just like interesting. I, I listened to one or two tracks, but it didn't really stick with me. And then the second Run the Jewels record came out, and that was one that I listened to a lot more. And um, oh, it's called rap music, R A P music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of I Pledge Allegiance to the Grind being the funny album name. But the one you're talking about, R.I.P. music, rap music, it's good. The, uh, I, I will say, and I will also say, like, for people listening, that for this, I just listened to this record, the third one, a lot. Um, I, I have a few songs that I really like from the first two, but, like, I didn't really revisit those records. I also didn't, like, I did some research on LP and Killer Mike, but I didn't dig into their solo catalog. So they both had pretty extensive solo catalogs. And I was like, yeah. it was interesting to read about, but I didn't feel like it necessitated. Cause it's, that is, that is a rabbit hole that you could just get lost going down. Cause especially I mean, both those guys. Um, and for our internet research section, I, I dug up a few things I thought were, were quite interesting, but like, that's, that's a deep hole you can go down, you know? Yeah. Well, and especially because you have two guys who are not, quote-unquote mainstream rappers they're both sort of alternative rap and so when they come together what comes out is i mean it's it's not going to be like pop rap you know it's not going to be radio friendly or music that maybe your girl gets down to yeah 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 looking for the truth yeah it's me everything polo to the photo even at the grocery store though it's a perfect take a photo and take the pic you buy and bitches so and stitch a logo yeah 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 hit you with the quattro but my girl mercedes with the audi say the quattro was a tuto so a typo you can put on killer kill fat boy or just michael call me what you will but still never call me rival they will call you dead and i will call you gone the law Sweet Jesus, Ruby, we've been calling your ass home. If underground rap royalties what I'm meant to be, then I will be the shit, and you ain't shit to me. No. We the one, we the one with champagne, champagne at the end of a campaign. Spit fire, naked truth like the blue flame, like the blue flame. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, yeah, and it's not music that's meant to be, like, comforting or catchy. I would say that, like, the second record, for me, I listen to a lot more, and it's one that I've actually... Um, like it's one that I've worked out to a lot. Like when I've, you know, done an exercise class or like gone for runs, like the, the song on the second record, close your eyes and count to fuck. I love that song. That's a great, <laughs> um, that's a great song when you need to like do some jump squats or something. You're just like, yeah, like it just gets you pumped. So that's why you're so impressive. That's the song. That's, that's the ticket. Hey, that's the ticket, buddy. So I'm sort of agreeing with you. I remember, listening to it liking it not being blown away but then a lot of people are respected and a lot of music critics being like this album is like the best album of the year or like best rap album or like top five or whatever a few times i remember with run the jewels too there's a bunch of that too yeah well and looking back again like i will say like and i will call on the outset that like I'm, i pulled a few different quotes from some pitchfork articles that i pulled up just so i found that they've they've been big supporters of these guys from when this came out right and i'm not like a died i'm not like a diehard pitchfork fan by any means but i do think that their general music criticism has gotten much more well-rounded and like it's just very informative and i'm just impressed with the writing generally yeah, and um there were a few things i pulled out that i want to reference later for this record but it, it does give a really good overview of like 
a few of those, but they listed every record of theirs, um, except for Meow the Jewels as best new music. Which well, was cool. Meow the Jewels is um, is literally cat remixes. So, yeah. Have you well, ever heard it? Did you listen to it? No, I didn't listen to it. I but I know all the money when you shared it. Is it good? <laughs> I mean, if is you it, like, I mean, is it listenable? There's a few songs where it's like, if you have you ever listened to the album Jingle Cats, or do you know it? No. Okay, well, it's literally like Jingle Bells or other Christmas songs, just like meow, 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 meow. It's like really annoying. My kids like it for some stupid reason. Even though I hate it, I showed it to them. Um, so there's a few tracks where it's like really cat centered, and it's kind of like this is annoying. But there's a few tracks where people like took the cat sounds and like really like warp them so it's i mean it's interesting i i wouldn't say it's very listenable but yeah um yeah as a concept it's funny oh it's, it's hilarious a- uh, the fact they did it and that yeah the money went to charity and all that like that's yeah, that's hilarious especially because it's not like they just said it and like did, like they fully remixed the entire record with cat songs and then every song title is like the, the name is like been twisted to like be involved with cats it's just yeah it's like it's like just one of those things where i can imagine them having a conversation about it like just smoking a joint and they're like we should do that like we should get some people to remix it in a cat remix and they're like yeah why not so great because we both sort of our like relationship with the artist and the album are kind of the same um i think we can dive in i mean i will say this album has I mean first of all it's very long it's a very lengthy album yeah but that's not bad it doesn't actually to me it only drags maybe one or two songs at all the rest of it part of that is because it flows so well like that the flow of this album is like one of the best I think it might be the one of the yeah the best or one of the best I've ever heard it just doesn't stop it's crazy man and like the fact that like I was looking at the track list and we talked about this just um, last time we saw each other. And it's crazy because like I, there were so many times where I was like looking through picking out lyrics and I was like, I couldn't, I was like, is it from like talk to me or is it from like legend has it? Like it was like so many of the songs just all like bleed together, which in a way is like, is really cool. And I think those first four songs, I would almost, I would actually argue that really the first eight songs, it's just, this incredible momentum like it's unreal especially yeah. the three like down talk to me legend has it into cult uh tiktron like like it just even and i almost don't want to stop there but even just like those first three especially yeah. hey I, kids stay gold don't get captured those all flow really good they to all me, flow really well it's just like it's like i actually can't think of a record that's had that been that strong and flowed that well for so for for that consistent amount it, it, i mean it isn't i mean listening to it more it there is differentiation in the songs but i would say that it like that those opening three tracks are just an insane um like that's an insane opening to to leave oh totally because especially i always thought that um talk to me and legend has it i thought those were one song when i first listened to it like i knew legend has it as a song yeah uh but i was like oh it must be like a radio edit or something but the thing is most of them are not that kind of like 
forced thing. They're just like musically they work and they just flow perfectly. So it's a really like it's a good party record. Like it just like doesn't let it doesn't let you really have a breath. I have a I have a good buddy of mine, Duncan, is like loves this record, and he came he had not heard of Run the Jewels really um, until a friend of his showed him the record and had like a record player, and they were having beers, and his friend sat him down and was like, "Dude, you just gotta we just gotta listen to this record," and they listened to the whole thing front to back, and then he went out and bought it, and we did that together a while ago, and then he I know has done that like he like is like an evangelist for this record, but he like he and it's true, it's like when you sit down and listen to it loud. And like, just like listen to the record. It just like is kind of blows your hair back. I would say, and this is like, um, not like a major critique, but I would just say like my personal experience, like I really have to be in the right. It was hard to, this was a hard, I found this to be probably one of the more challenging ones to prepare for because I didn't always feel like listening to the record. And it is such, um, it's a record that requires energy out of you. And yeah. And mental energy, for sure. And, like, it just doesn't... I found it hard, like, I found it hard to keep my... Like, the momentum keeps going, and I found my energy for it flagging at points. Because I was just like, okay, I'm starting to hit a wall here with what I'm able to, like, take in. Like, by the time I get to track nine, I'm, like, I'm kind of, like... I'm losing... I've, I've lost a lot of my steam for the record. Definitely. And especially because it's sort of one feeling kind of like the way a, like a, a metal record is or like hardcore band record is it's like this doesn't have as much application as maybe say a good uh alt country record or like a synth pop record or whatever you know like uh-huh. it's very much at a certain point it's very much like asking you to come along and 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 asking you to like it's it's challenging you to keep listening, which which is it. Sometimes, like if you're in the wrong mood, it's very frustrating. But if you're in the right mood, sometimes it's great. And and I found it was a good record for me for driving. And because I've been driving a lot lately for work, I actually did get to listen to it a lot. But I'm with you, man. Like I never put it on at home. I never put it on like in the morning. It was always kind of like a during or after work album for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I th- yeah. I would listen to it if I had to like. I actually listen to hardcore a lot when I need to do this too. But if I have to f- get in the zone and focus for work, it's weird. I'll, I'll either listen to like soft, windy instrumental like jazz or ambient music, or I'll listen to like hardcore or something like this. That's just like punishing. But I like I'm, the energy kind of keeps me mentally occupied, but not to the point where I'm really paying attention to like everything going on in it. Yeah. Um, and the hard thing about this record comparison in comparison to a hardcore record is that there's so much interesting lyrical wordplay going on that like it, I would get distracted by the songs a lot. So it was hard. So, which is cool. Like, it's like a record that like, like one of the great things about it is like what talented MCs they both are, but also just like, I would say even LP, they're both incredibly, incredibly smart like and incredibly clever inventive writers but lp especially has like this really nice mix of like humor and like just the way he constructs his sentences like and the way he rhymes them just like should not work and it totally works and it's just like it's oh, very totally. like the beginning of the song uh it's it's the second to last song on the record thursday in the danger room uh... 
I wrote down that his first verse could be an award-winning poem. It's just so... I mean, <laughs> I don't know if poems win awards, but it's just like so beautiful and, and it, it flows and it has this really nice cadence to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is like very beautiful. But then he also says stuff like, I'm a nut punch wizard, I speed bag a ball bag. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's the same dude who can say like a beautiful poem and then also talk about punching the nuts. It's great. It's like, it's uh, and that's a skill to like not just do one note, but to be able to take that and be sincere. And I think if there's a critic, I mean, it's just what, I think what, sometimes certain things just don't work for you. And I think Hey Mama didn't work for me fully because it felt, some of the stuff in the song felt a bit tropish, just in the fact that like, you know, the sort of rebellious teenager and, you know, the mom crying, waiting out for you. And he's like, I'm trying. It's like, I'm doing my best. It's like, it's just I like, said, I'm trying mama. And, and like that, I didn't love. Cause I was just like, it just felt a bit, um, I don't know. It's just like one of those things like we've, we, you've heard that. So often, yeah, it almost but, made me think of the, uh, uh, Cleaning out my closet by uh, Eminem. Dude, I thought the same thing. I oh, was that's like, funny. I'm like, like wondering. That... I'm like, is that just like the white boy in me that's like, this reminds me of another white rapper I know. Yeah, but well, no, I yeah, think... I get what you're saying. But it, this is more Killer Mike on this song, isn't it? Isn't Hey Mama more Killer Mike song? Yeah, I but mean... um, I think LP sings that part that I just did. Oh, he sings that part. She okay. said, "I'm crying on you." I'm pretty sure that's LP. Yeah. Do you like the song? Uh, Do you like the way the album opens? Oh man, I love it. Because um, I'll say, I, the opening line to this record is "I hope," which, you know, maybe that means nothing, but I sort of thought it was interesting because it came out right around the time of Trump, and I know Killer Mike was a big uh, Bernie Sanders supporter. Oh yeah. Uh, and but then it ends with it. The final line on the record is "Kill your masters," which is also kind of. Maybe it's not on purpose, but it kind of feels purposeful. And, and I think that actually, again, 
sounds cheesy, but like I think they are saying in this that to defeat the devil, well, that's literally a line, and that's something that I'm pulling out from uh, Sheldon Pierce's excellent review of RTJ3 on Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. But if you if you look for the word hope, um, the uh, there's a great maybe I'll just read this paragraph because I think that's a nice Do it, please to talk about. So he's comparing the records, all three of the records. So he says, um, run the jewels methods remain consistent, but the stakes have been raised over the years. RTJ one was a fun experiment. RTJ two was a classist statement. And now RTJ three is a reckoning. Many of these songs have more urgency than before. If RGT, if RTJ two was the music of protest, then this RTJ three is the music of revolt. In that way, it is essentially the Run the Jewels manifesto. It's an outpouring of rage and defiance that is never overcome by the moment and never loses sight of the objectives. And those objectives being rally the troops, hold everyone accountable, and topple oppression wherever it may reign. And on Thieves, he pulls the line that LP raps, fear's been law for so long, rage feels like therapy. And on the song you just mentioned, Thursday in the Danger Room, uh, it peers into the duo's personal turmoil and their shared history. And on 2100, Killer Mike lays out the President Trump survival strategy. You defeat the devil when you hold on to hope. Which ties back into the very opening words you just mentioned. Like, yeah. like it's it's really saying that like you can be have all this rage and this aggression, but it's also to like shout in the face of what you view to be wrong and to hold on to hope, to not allow all the bullshit and all the like... Um, the false narratives and all the, all the lies coming from, you know, the government to to sort of like, you know, nullify any feeling that you might have or to make you numb, like to be like, no, like still hold on to hope that, that we can do better and we can be better. Um, and yeah. they, and it mentions too that they, they call masters like, like the rich, the rich overlords that we have essentially in this continent, you know? Yeah. Like, Cause he says master a lot in this record. He also refers to the devil quite a bit in this record. I think the devil is Trump. I, I think you might be right because there's some I can't remember. He says he says I've seen the devil preach on a Sunday in one of the songs. Yeah, I bet, man. I bet that would. I bet that. Would, I mean, maybe that's on the nose, but maybe. I mean, I think it makes sense. That's kind of what I devil. thought, but I'm also like. Like I don't know. I feel like I want every t- everything to be about Trump. Like every every time I hear a song, I'm like, oh, he's probably talking about Trump. But I, I think you're right. Like I think he's talking about like the leader of the uh, oppression or whatever the 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 like evil leader, which just you happens know, to be Trump right now. Um. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think it could, and that's why it's smart to use devil instead of Trump because the devil that that. You know, I watched a movie the other night called Enemy, and uh, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it, and it's like this very strange movie that um, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who did like Arrival and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's when he did it. It came out in twenty fourteen, but anyway, it's it's slight aside. But it's in the movie. There's there's a line where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character talks is a history professor, and he talks about how that um, tyrants. Um, and like basically totalitarian states have always um, existed around trying to exercise control over media and what people hear and what they're able to experience. 
and that um and basically saying that like you know it's it's a pattern that repeats itself throughout history and i think if in this record they're calling the injustice that's happening in our current state that will still be relevant it this could still be a very relevant record in 50 years and i think in part it's good to call out specifics but then it's also good to kind of take like like you kind of know what they're talking about but it makes the songs even more broadly applicable to other challenges that are going on like you could be in the uk and listen to this and and see the devil is boris johnson or something like that you yeah. know yeah yeah or you could be from middle earth and it'd be uh Sor sauron it's true Talk wow about. just radio silence for a second there um do you um there was another line from that i like too where it says that they're using their booming voices to cut through the startling noises of a future dystopia did this feel like does this record feel almost like a bit dis like of it like you know we've read a lot of dystopic novels but like does it almost feel like they're the style and the tone of it is almost like it's a dystopia i guess the right word is like manic or like like i think you said earlier urgent mm -hmm. it feels like a lot but then I think, like, it's so perfect that the last track has Zach Delaroca from Rage Against the Machine singing. Because it's almost like, by having him there, everything he's represented and everything he's said, which, you know, they're, they're doing that tour together before it got shut down, which totally makes sense. Can you play that, that part that he raps on? Like, we could cut this out and maybe put it in the real part, but could you play it? Because I think it'd be really interesting to kind of... Yeah, for sure. Um, but what I want to say about that is, like, by yeah. having Zach De La Roca, who's a guy who hasn't shown up a lot in other music, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's just, like, everything he stands for sort of, like, almost galvanizes this whole record by having him have the last word with a rap, you know? It's pretty cool. I I, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it is cool. Do you view Rage the Machine as being, like, the protest music of our kind of youth if you will yeah i mean maybe even a little bit before our youth because really i mean they're a little bit before our time like a little wee bit but definitely man like this dog whistle you know where it's like oh like they're not joking around about what they're talking about and like it kind of it just kind of shows up as like yeah this is a protest record but then 
you know, hearing what you said, what that um, Pitchfork review said, yeah, it's totally like a, a, a more than just a protest test record. I, it's so hard because I think in Vancouver we're so distant and disconnected at times. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of people, this record means a lot, and they feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Now, with that said, on a totally serious note, uh, I want to switch it up and just say, there's a few lines I really want to highlight. They're not, it's not about, you know, bad or good lines. It's just lines that I, I, I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, in the very first song, I love that LP makes a Jaws reference. It says, you're going to need a bigger boat, boys. <laughs> love that um uh legend has it i love that he has that line that says i got a unicorn horn for a and it doesn't get to finish his sentence he doesn't get to finish because oh i I gotta pull that here. uh you want to kick it i'll give you the rock you kiss the wood chipper blade if you bark i'm fucking magic in fact i'm a warlock can talk i got a unicorn horn for a stop (laughs) it's so great uh i also love the line in Call Tigatron, I beg your pardon. Run the jewels live at the garden. The last two pirates alive are still yarin. <laughs> yar. And then it has like a yar sound effect. Are still yarin. Yeah, and then great. there's like a yar. And then he also makes a reference to a shit NATO, which is great. Run the jewels live at the garden. Last two pirates alive are still yarin. My girl got my heart as a bargain. And then uh, Killer Mike has a great line in Call Ticketron. Uh, he says, And then also he's talking about like if aliens come to Earth, will they be peaceful? Like he wants to know when the aliens come, he'll be the guy with the blunt and a beer. And he, he says, I'll be the high guy with the belly and the beard. <laughs> I love that line. Oh, that's great. They're badass. I know. There's that line um, from the. Uh, is it called? Uh, no, no. Stay gold, um, which we haven't talked about yet. But um, how they're both like it's also nice that they're doing a song that's just sort of praising their the ladies in their life. I got a bad mm-hmm. girl. I got a brain with an ass girl. She got a mean bop. I got to lean to the way I walk and they get it like gold. And I'm like, I don't love, I don't necessarily love the G O L L D G O L. That's it's gold. It's, it's like, catchy though. Like, it's very catchy. And like, that's what I mean. I was like, I don't, I like it, but the G, the G O L E D G like that part is, I'm like, I, I, it's good, but it's like, I love the, like, I got a bad girl. I got a brain with an ass girl. You know what I want to know what I wrote for that part? What'd you say? I said brain with an ass girl. That's my wife. Yeah, that's that's my fiance. Hey, actually, kind of a side note, but stay gold. I love that guitar. I'll make sure I put it over here. Yeah, there are some great. There are some great little riffs. Like there's just some great. The entire record, the production value on this record is very complex very grand like they went all out like like the beats are great and like some of the bass parts are just like super heavy and dirty and like um do you know the uh in in state gold he says something about how him and um 
LP says something like, me and Killer Mike, we can't stop high-fiving. And then right at that point, a, like, a clapping sample comes in. It's kind of like the sound of high-fiving, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, like, little things like that happen all over the record, and it's great. Like, it's just like a studio rat's dream come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys love, especially, I think, LP, like, I watched a YouTube thing with him one time, like, just hacking darts in his, like, studio in Brooklyn, and, like, he's just, like, it looks awesome. Like, it's just, like, this big, high, like, you know, nice, but not, like, super fancy studio, but he's just got like, all this equipment. And, like, he just, he basically just makes a song. I forget what it's called, but if you look up, like, LP on YouTube, like, making a song, he just makes something on video, and it's oh, quite cool. cool. Kind of see how he does it. Um, there's one line in Stay Gold that I was curious to get your thoughts on from Killer Mike's section, which I also think is cool that he's rapping about his wife and they've got four kids. Um, they've got a kid named Pony, which I thought was, that was one of my internet research I thought was interesting. Got a kid named Pony. Stay gold, cool. Pony boy. Um, I got a good thing with a bad bitch. That's rare, bitch. She don't even like you, ho. She'll walk in the room, take air, bitch. We fuss, we fight, we fuck like freaks. What a fabulous marriage. And then this line, I was like, you ain't lived your, you ain't lived your life till you've seen a bad bitch eat your wife like a savage. Is he talking about seeing another woman go down on his wife? Is that what he's saying? Uh, I don't know. See, now that you said that, I I thought there was like a period. So I thought it was more like, period, eat your wife like oh, a savage. However, yes, however, I don't know. I don't know. You might be right. No, but I, yeah. I mean, No shade. I, I mean, no shade. I mean, hey, if they're into that, that's good for them, but... <laughs> I do think that if there is like in poetry, there's like um, there's a slash when there's a line break, and this is on. I'm looking at the lyrics on Google, so uh, I doubt that it's. But I think that that's one where punctuation is interesting. Because like if it's one line, that's saying one thing, but then you ain't live life till you've seen a bad bitch, and then slash eat your wife like a savage. I'm like eat your wife like a savage is I think a good thing to say because it's uh, important to you know be orally pleasuring your partner yeah so. everyone everyone deserves orgasms in a relationship right uh um in a marriage relationship kids um <laughs> do you have a favorite lyric on this record because i will say this record is very hard to choose favorites or choose least favorites i know because the 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 bar is very high the bar is set very high i mean like they don't waste a lot of words, you know? It definitely made me think about how we differentiate, how we delineate what is a zero or hero lyric. Like, even thinking about when we did Velvet Underground, like, hero lyric was, was easy because there's a lot of iconic stuff in there, but zero lyric was harder on the last episode because it was like, it, are you going with something that's cheesy? Or are you just going with something that just doesn't work? And I think it kind of changes depending on what it means. Because I don't think zero lyric necessarily means it's bad, but I think it means it doesn't work for you. And that's kind of Yeah, all. it's kind of, I've looked at it as like, it's my personal, the one that I personally just, that just pushes me away, you know? Yes, I, exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it too. Um I, I really was waffling between two and like they're ones that like I think they're probably were up there for you too but um, one was from Killer Mike and one was LP so I thought I would sh- just share both of them I think mm-hmm. my favorite one my favorite one is from LP in Talk To Me but then like basically on the same level as one from Killer Mike from 
legend has it. So uh, forgive me if I'm if I'm taking one of yours, but no. When LP says brave men didn't die face down in the Vietnam muck, so I could not style on you. I didn't walk uphill both ways to the booth and back to not wild on you. You think baby Jesus killed Hitler just so I'd whisper, like just that whole. <laughs> that is stuff. great. Yeah, that's that's a every time I listen to the record, I I notice that part for sure. Um, and then for Killer Mike from Legend Has It, where he goes like, it's so well delivered to. He's like, we are the murderous pair that went to jail and we murdered the murderers there, then went to hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Like, that is just like... Oh, yeah, the way he oh. delivers that line. We are the murderers there. What a jail and murder the murderers there. Yeah, it's good. Sorry, everyone who heard that. Is <laughs> You know what? I wish I thought of that next time. Text me and tell me to do it because that would have been great. To do one for both, because my favorite line is from Don't Get Captured. Oh, interesting. It's LP. I just love the line. He says, good day from the house of the haunted. Get a job, get a house, get a coffin. And I don't know what it is. It's the way he delivers it with kind of like, he's trying to be funny, but he's also serious at the same time. Oh, and just, totally. just that line, get a job, get a house, get a coffin. It's like, oh man, he's right. <laughs> he's right. That's great. I know that's that's very um, in, that's really insightful. Actually, that's quite that's quite good. I also just love that he says, "Good day from the house of the haunted." A good day. Uh, do you have a zero? What's your zero? Um. Uh, <laughs> I well, I have I have if I may, I have one. Um, honorable mention that I wanted to say. Yeah, I, of course. Of I'm course. Not, I I'm made not, a few already, so you can definitely do that. Okay, I'm not sure, I've, I'm not sure offhand who wraps this one. I have uh, didn't write it down, but it's the line from Hey Mama. Um, I heard it in Brooklyn where all the sinners stay. You running out of ways to go fuck yourself. I will innovate. I, that was I think great. that's LP. Is that I, LP? I've, I've noticed that line a few times. I didn't like that line either. That's good. You're running out of ways to go fuck yourself. I will innovate. It's like, that's great. Um, I would say, so my zero song was uh, 2100. Interesting. Uh, well, what's your zero lyric, though? Oh, sorry. Zero lyric was um, also, well, zero lyric is actually from Hey Mama. And this is one where, like, kind of we talked about before, like, I think what I struggled a bit with the song was, like, some of the stuff feeling a bit tropey. And so it's the line, I tell her. And I will say it's very well delivered by Killer Mike, where he says, I tell her, holy fuck, Jesus Christ, give me a fucking break. Uh, she said, don't curse your mama, goddammit, and threw a dinner plate. And that was one where I was like, I don't know. Like, it felt like they needed to have a lot of emphasis and sort of drama, but like the dinner, for me, it just was like the zero lyric because I just felt like the throwing of a dinner plate is just like a, it's just been done so much that I just felt like mm. he was using it as a narrative device to convey like, frustration emotion which it does but i felt like it didn't um i don't know it just felt a little bit uh a little cheesy for me yeah i mean i agree with you that that line is very well delivered he sounds like he's really giving her when he says it oh yeah the line the line when he does it in the song and that's where i kind of struggled as like someone who writes versus like and that's where i'm like it, it's meant to it's hard sometimes when you're parsing out a lyric because the way it comes across in a song is so much of what the intent is and so many great songs have on paper lyrics that shouldn't really work as well as 
maybe they do. You wouldn't, th- or maybe you wouldn't think they work as well as they do when you actually hear them in the song. Um, but that was one. It's really the dinner plate. The dinner plate just bugs me. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. That it's the dinner plate that bugs you. Um, you know, I don't know why, dude. I don't know why. For some reason, this line. It's like it's a smart line, but every time I heard it, I was brought back to like my grade twelve lit class. It's LP right right at the beginning of uh, report to the shareholders. Yeah. He says, a horse is a horse, of course, but who rides it is important. And it's weird because there's a part of me that loves it. Because, like, you know, I don't, I don't know if you remember. I, I don't know where it came from, but a horse is a horse, of course. I've heard it many times in my life, and it just, for some reason, brings me right back to high school. And I don't know what it is about the line. I just, every time I heard it, I would be like, ugh. A horse is a horse, of course, but who rides it's important. That was my zero right. lyric. Oh, yeah, baby. What's your uh, what's your zero song? You said 2100? Oh, yeah. We didn't, sorry, we didn't finish. No, it's all good, man. So, okay. So, it's fine. 2100, yes. Mine was between 2100 and Oh Mama, and I went with Oh Mama. Okay, good. I'm glad that also, that's interesting that that one also didn't didn't work for you as well. Because I was, it was, it's exact, it was the same for me, too. Because I was, part of me was just looking through the, the songs, and I was like, "Where does the momentum stop for me?" And I was like, "This, I really like Thieves a lot. I think that's a really cool song. It like, yeah, it's talking about, you know, rioting and like all that is like is really neat, and it's more on the activism side, which is cool. Um, but then Twenty One Hundred is like, and honestly, it's featuring Boots, who I'm not familiar with, but like the the Boots parts just don't work for me. It's just a little too." Um, a little corny and like I just find uh, his like his chunks of it just um, a bit annoying and I yeah. they're not even bad necessarily like that's part of where I'm like I don't think there are any like bad songs on the record per se but if I'm thinking about songs that succeed more than others or songs that succeed less I think this song just doesn't this song doesn't work as well for me as a, as a whole in part because mm-hmm. I just think guest on it doesn't I feel like they could have picked someone a bit more interesting and this guy feels a bit like someone who's definitely talented but like just felt like they didn't bring as interesting um a guest appearance to this as they needed because it felt it felt like the song they dropped in where they're like okay we need to give people a bit of a break and so like we're gonna get this like kind of like croonery dude to come on but it didn't it just didn't seem that yeah it does feel very out of place yeah yeah, I mean, I like see. the I like the part where Killer Mike sings in that song. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, the other part just croonery is the perfect word. It's very croonish, croony croon. Yeah, and and I love that when it's done well, and I've just heard it done so well in so many songs. Like, um, just didn't didn't work for me here. But it was between that and Oh Mama for me too. Um, Interesting. We're yeah. we're really lining up our tastes. I know. So, what would you have a hero? Who's your hero? Um, so my hero is uh, talk to me. You, okay, dude, this is crazy. We are like twins. Talk to really? me is my favorite track on the record too. Really? I mean, it was bet- <laughs> it was between Legend Has It and Talk to Me, and for me, Legend Has It. Like, I don't care if I like, like if I like the best the radio single, I don't care. But I think what I liked about Talk to Me in the end 
is just, it's heart racing. You know, the song just, it just has this urgency and intensity to it that was just, I, I couldn't deny it. Every time I listened to the record, that would be my highlight. Yeah, I know, and that's how I feel too. Like every time I would hear the different bars, and I love when it gets to the part at the bottom where LP's like, every new record's my dick in a box. We hear the goons, we eat the rulers a lot. Like just even like making a reference to dick in a box is like, um, it's just, it's funny. It's like impactful. Like the R, T, J, and the crowd goes, and like, yeah, I bet that song's so fun live. Oh man, it's just like a song where like it's just made to be played live and just to go nuts too. And I'm just like, I just can't deny. But Legend has it; it's amazing too. But it's yeah, just like, they're 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 almost one song. I mean, really connected, but yeah. No, uh, you know what's funny about the talk to me? The entire lyrics, if you read them, it's kind of about how this is their third record and they're very excited about it. You know, it's kind of yeah. funny. It's like just a hype song, being like, "We made a third record." And we're and it's awesome, and we're like excited to share it with you. I know it's funny, but I just every time I listen to the record, that was the one that stuck out to me. Wow, look at us, dude! We love like him. This might be the whitest moment of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, um, here's here's a fun quote about our almost favorite track. So in June 2017, the track, and this is um, sort of leading to internet research, but uh, the track legend has it from run the jewel 3 was featured in the teaser trailer for black panther uh during game four of the 2017 Ooh. nba and it was viewed 89 million times in 24 hours which is Whoa. insane but um one was that uh so how they were introduced very interesting but killer mike was first introduced to lp by a cartoon network executive jason demarco in 2011 which to me is just like the weirdest yeah, like doesn't make any sense a Cartoon Network executive. <laughs> it's like what? I figured it would have been someone in the hip hop world. Um, the second point there, I thought you would find quite interesting. Oh, you wrote down here. Danny Brown is a maniac. Danny Brown's rap is insane. On uh, on the track, um... is it Hey Kids? Yeah, hey kids, man, uh, his rap is wild. It's so weird. It's like it's hard to kind of almost like it's like it's 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 wild. It's just wild. It's just so yeah. strange. Um, the the line I thought you'd find interesting, and this was also one I thought was an interesting choice, is that Run the Jewel supported Jack White at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's weird. That doesn't make any sense as well. It's clearly that that there's a, a very like big group of people that are fans of him or them. You know, yeah. Like they clearly don't just appeal to like the hip hop world. Well, and, and I, I imagine big like hometown heroes too. Like they're they have a lot of credit in New York, and I imagine Atlanta too with Killer Mike. Um, also, interesting LP. So was born in 1975 to a jazz pianist. He's the son of jazz pianist Harry Keys, which is is funny to me because he's a pianist named Harry Keys. You know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty crazy. That'd be like being named like Joey Guitar. <laughs> Joey Six String, you know? <laughs> yeah, um man, the the thing about this record that I I was so surprised by 
Mm-hmm. And this is probably what, if you're an artist, you want your record to do, is it makes me want to know more. It makes me want to dig deeper. Yeah. And not every record makes me feel that way. So, I mean, Run the Jewels, I think you did it. Now, with the looming question over us being album versus album, is this their best album? I have to Ooh. say, Kel, I think it is their best album. I mean, I know they have, I, a new, they have a new one coming out in, like, days. Oh. I would say, yeah, That so this is a good thing to call out. They've released two singles from their new record, The Yankee and The Brave, and... Um, uh, what's the other one called? O-O-L-A-L-A or O-L-A-L-A? Yeah, O-L-A-L-A or something, yeah. Yeah. And they're both good. They're both very cool. They're They're both different than this album. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's their best record. I I agree, man. Again, like not a lot of uh, wow. not a lot of confidence. Boring. They, I know it's not. It's not the most. Um, it just feels like this one's pretty obvious. Like whereas like Velvet Underground or John Mayer, like you know maybe more debatable depending on your familiarity familiarity with his catalog. Yeah. I would say like heavier things was interesting because that was a record that was both very meaningful for us but a lot of people who are like you know mayor heads probably have other choices those mayor heads you know those mayor heads but uh you know i think i think we're probably not in the minority when we say like i I bet run the run the julians uh, would, would probably agree but i mean this record is if you're in the mood for this this record is it's I mean it's it's a thrilling record at it its really best is. at its best and at its worst it's it's maybe confusing yeah it could feel like a cacophony of noises and lyrics if you're not someone who's like kind of looking for this okay you um, truly are a poet thank you sir I just the word popped into my head you know <laughs> uh, I, I would say that um one other thing I think is interesting to call out that is interesting to both of these guys. It, it's interesting that Run the Jewels is also considered a super group, even though both of Killer Mike and LP are both sort of like alternative hip hop artists. They are considered a super group, which I think is cool. Yeah, um, I think like all like alternative hip hop, but they both do have like they both would have done fine without having this, you know? Yes. They're both very um well regarded in their own right. Also, they both started their own record labels. I did not know that. The Killer Mike's was called Grind Time Official Records, and LP's was called Definitive Juice. Definitive Juice. It's like J-U-X, I think like Jukebox. Definitive, you know, so maybe I'm saying that, but Definitive Juice? I'm not sure exactly. Probably not Jux. Jux, Definitive Jux. No, it is, sorry. It is Definitive Jux, because the full, full name is Definitive Juxtaposition. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, that's everything about the record. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we could say about Killer Mike and LP individually. I yeah, mean, I, think I mean, it, you know, Killer Mike a, has that really great uh, Netflix series he had. Yeah, Trigger Warning. Yeah, which is great. I thought, I mean, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched most of it and I, I thought it was awesome. He is definitely the more, like, I think. It's. I think it would. Do, it, it would behoove us to not call out like, especially Killer Mike's activism role. Like he's a well-known, outspoken social activist, and like he really is like a very important voice in that conversation. Um, For sure. 
you know, and I think, you know, we don't need to get into the details on that, but it's definitely worth digging into, like, um, the different things he focuses on. And he has priest-specific ones, like social equality, systematic racism, police brutality. Like, those are ones he, like, themes he really speaks out against a lot. Um, and there was a quote from him that I just thought I would share. Please. Um, and then I figured we could kind of do our final thoughts, um, depending on how we're feeling. But... In response to the 2014 shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, um, he said, and I quote, I'm appalled that regular Americans are apathetic. I'm appalled that people choose to use the word thug as a code word for the N-word. I'm appalled at everyday citizens when we, when will we as an American uh, constituency tell our politicians enough's enough? Enough mayors supporting murderous police departments. Enough police chiefs having to give excuses for murderous police officers. And that's like, whew, that is just like so well said. Yeah, yeah that's heavy. That's heavy, man. Well, it's heavy. You know, as, as as an idea, as a as a a construct, I think this album works on so many levels. And I think, you know, being such a, so cool. You know, like being such a cool record with cool beats and cool humor, and and then having such a strong message of like the line you said about the best way to fight the devil is with hope. Um, like I, I, not to get cheesy with it, but I think that is really beautiful. I think that's really good for for the world. I think these kind of records are important. Um, I can understand why people don't like this record but i think to if you really want to have a, a fair opinion on this record you need to give it a chance and i think um it's worth the time to do so i i, I really like like the the uh the work is worth the reward in this record i think absolutely i would absolutely agree and i would say that um if you're someone who isn't typically leaning into if you've listened this far and you're not like gonna go check out this record, then I just think shame on you. Just you gotta you gotta check it out. It's worth it. It's like it's it's a record that like it it has a lot to give. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's um, insightful. It's smart. It's challenging. Like it, it just does a lot. Um, and it's it's taking a stand on something, and, it, and it's not trying to. It's well produced and well made and has a lot of appeal without trying to like court appeal. You know what I mean? Like it's mm. not trying to be a, a catchy pop record. There's there are other artists that are doing that great. They're like, we're doing something different and we're like creating entertaining, insightful activism along with just like really good, you know, kind of rap music. It's great. Thumbs well up. Said. Thumbs up. Okay, well, what, yeah. What, what are you vibing? Oh, what What's am I vibing? vibing? Okay, you know what? It's it's really simple. Um, because I've been listening to this record so much, and uh, because I think about you when I listen to this record, because I think about you when I listen to every record, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just thinking about our conversation and stuff, I remembered that you had introduced me to Tobias Jesso Jr. Oh, and yeah. You know what? I just cranked out his album, Goon. And, uh, man, what a just classic songwriting, just 
100%. The entire record is just 100 the entire time. Um, yeah, just a great record. Tobias, Tobias Jester Jr., local boy. Yep. Uh, just made a great piano record, and I think it's uh, just it's great. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, you've seen it live. I haven't, but uh, I Got listened it. to it probably three times last week, and I just, every time I was, I was like, just soothed, you know? It's awesome, man. Yeah, no, it's it's such a, it's so strange to me. Not strange, I guess, but like, because when you really like someone, you want them to make more stuff, but um, he just made one great record, and now he's, I'm not sure what he's doing, but he's, uh, I think, doing songwriting still. Yeah, I know he wrote some song with Adele, right? Yeah, he wrote like a really huge song with Adele, and um, and I think he's best friends with like the Heim sisters, and like, uh, I think he just kind of does songwriting and stuff. Cool. So Well, maybe one day he'll put in another one. Yeah, but that is a great. That's a great. Yeah, it's uh, weird. I just sometimes you return to a record and it even means more. So yeah, that's what I'm vibing. What about you, Kale? What are what are you vibing, Kale? Um, I have been watching all of the films of director Denis Villeneuve, um, Quebec quad director, who cool. uh, um, just over the last week have watched Arrival, Prisoners, Enemy. And uh, gonna watch Sicario. T- excuse me, tomorrow. Oh, I didn't realize Sicario was him. Yeah, great and, movie. Uh, might revisit Blade Runner twenty forty nine now too, but uh, I'm just like loving his style and filmmaking, and yeah, just just loving Denis, man. So, well, Kale, I want you to know that I hope you're washing your hands and staying six feet feet apart from people, but also I just hope you're taking care, you know, of your of you. Thanks, buddy.